This is the St. Louis Podcast Network. Freezing cold in answer nine two zero. You the cold maze say one freezing cold in answer nine two zero. All right. Andy, is there uh, ever a time that you'd be willing to uh, fist fight somebody over crab legs? Crab legs? Yeah. Uh, negative. I'm reading this story here. Uh, I, I can't even believe it as I'm reading it uh, about in Alabama where two folks got in a complete all-out brawl. At this a buffet, is, I'm going to guess. At a buffet. Nice. Uh, both nice. people now facing misdemeanor charges. Uh, in Huntsville, police officer Gerald Johnson says they were eating at the buffet when the fight broke out, arguing over crab legs. People are idiots. Dude, seriously. Like, do you ever just read, uh, like, scroll down Facebook, or in your case, I know you like Twitter a little bit more, or just maybe even watch the news and just see shit and go, and just throw your hands up? Yeah. Like, I mean, honest, Every day. honest to God. Every single day. Fucking crab legs? Crab legs. Have you ever been to a fancy restaurant where they crack the crab legs for you? No, I have not. Have you? That's nice. Really? Uh, it's not Joe's Crab Shack. It's Joe's Seafood. Okay. Which is directly behind the Marriott okay. on Michigan Avenue. And uh, Chicago? Chicago. Yeah. And it's a fancy seafood restaurant where they, they crack your crab legs for you. Is it that much of a physical toll to do it, or is it just fun to have somebody else do it? Kind of like you kind of feel fancy type of deal? It's just or? kind of a fancy deal. <laughs> Funny story about that place. First of all, you're listening to the STL Happy Hour podcast on the St. Louis Podcast Network. I'm Andy Hanselman alongside Alpina, uh, and we uh, we bring this episode to you from live from the Glen Carbon Studios in beautiful Glen Carbon, Illinois. You can find us on Facebook, STL Happy Hour Facebook, and uh, on, also on. Uh, God, I can't even think of it. I don't. I, I don't have my rhythm, Alpina. No, no, I don't no, have my rhythm. Right. That's all right. We're all over the place. I know I we're on Facebook. We have the STL Happy Hour fan page. We do, and we also have iTunes. We have Stitcher. We have Google Play, Spotify, Play Music, and Spotify. Yeah. Please subscribe, like, comment, and do whatever it is that you need to do. It really means a lot to us. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate your continued support of this podcast. Uh, we hope that you uh, enjoy and, and your honestly, and we, the and we're feedback. Ha- the feedback's been great. Getting Love the, the feedback, yeah, from absolutely. People. So anyway, um, so you're they, talking about this? They serve a um, they serve a lobster bisque, okay, as an appetizer, or just kind of like you know, it's 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 like a true four course four course meal, soup, salad, entree, and dessert. I'm going to look this place up. Yeah. Joe's Seafood. Joe's. I think it's called Joe's Seafood. Okay, keep going. So, um. When they bring out the uh, the lobster bisque, they bring it, they bring it out in a bowl, and it's just a, just a little bit of stuff in the middle, like the the fixings. Yeah, like the actual meat and onions and stuff. Okay, and they then they come by a couple minutes later and pour the the cream. Okay, you know the the the, yeah. the hot soup stuff into right. the bowl. I knew what was going on because I knew what I knew what bisque looked like. Okay. But one of my friends didn't, and he ate all the stuff in the bowl before he came, before they came by with the soup. 
<laughs> so it's just empty bowl then there when they show just, up? Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm sure that happens. Oh, this place looks good. Joe's Seafood, you're right. You're absolutely right. It is here in Chicago. It looks like they have it on East Grand. That's correct, East Grand. Yeah. It's two, wow. I think it's, like two, it's right by the Weber Grill restaurant. Yeah. And, direct, look, kind of, and like directly behind the, the Marriott on Michigan Avenue. It looks really good. They got a lot of pictures of their food if you Google it. Yeah. It's actually pretty Yeah, pretty Joe's damn Seafood in Chicago. So, yeah, if you're uh, in the uh, Chi-Town area, which we you know we had our friend from Chicago in there mm-hmm. last week. Did he enjoy being in here? Yeah, he did. He uh, he honestly thought he wasn't going to talk very much at all uh, when we when I brought him over here. He's like, "Dude, I'll just sit and watch." And I go, "Well, if you want to, you know, jump in, jump in." And he goes, "When he got done, he goes, I can't believe how much uh, talking he actually did." He was shocked by that. He enjoyed it. That's he, good. He's not I mean, a podcaster either. Like I have to like chase him around to get him to listen to any podcast, not just ours, yeah. like any podcast. I'm like, dude, I found a new podcast. Check it out. He's like, well, when I asked him, he, when he sat down, I asked him if he wanted a, uh, a microphone. Who goes, he goes, yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, I thought, because you had told me that he was just going to listen and, and just kind of watch yeah. us what we do as well. Yeah. I think he was and just so, kind of thrown off by the whole, the whole thing in general. He actually ended up staying an extra day. Yeah. Uh, now he's in Hawaii. He went to Hawaii with his dad. How cool is that? It's pretty awesome. He's going for uh get the hell like out of week, this man. cold weather. Yeah, tired of it. I'm I'm over it. I'm I really am even, over it. And we're not even done. There's you know, more coming. You know, I was talking. As I ran into somebody today, and uh, we were talking about it. Uh, it was a friend. A friend of mine. Her name's Katie. She was uh she lived in Florida for a couple of years, and then she moved back to St. Louis. And when I saw her, I go, "Oh my God, you're back!" And she said, "Yeah." And I go, "Well, how's it feel?" She goes, "Uh, I, I just she misses Florida's weather." And I go, I can absolutely understand that. You know, yeah. <laughs> the worst part to me about St. Louis weather, or in your case, Illinois weather, is strictly the grayness of winter. Oh. Just like that overcast, super gray, super cloudy for fucking five, six months, man. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. It's depressing. With. It really is. It, you know. it was sunny yesterday. Well, we're recording this on uh, February 27th, the year mm-hmm. of our Lord, 2019. That's right. Um, so it was a nice sunny day yesterday. But the clouds are back today. They'll be back for the rest of the weekend. Then they they're talking about more I, the, weather. Yeah, the national. I was reading the National Weather Service today, and they have a little a little infographic about the storm this weekend. And they describe St. Louis as being right in the sweet spot for the storm. I'm oh, like, good. That's, good. That's just fucking great. Great. Just what we need. Yeah. And they're running out of salt. They're having salt issues all over. And are they? Modot. Yeah. They're having fucking well, salt issues. I don't know how they don't salt anything. I have no idea. It's either. crazy. So, um, over here on this side of the river, roads are always clean. I was just gonna say, do you guys deal with the same shit we do? No, because my wife forty five minutes away from my house, and you get my drive. Issues. My wife drives to St. Louis. Well, it's because it's two different state operations, right? Two very competent state operations. Yeah, and uh, yeah, every time she goes to St. Louis, it's like nothing happened. Like they didn't touch anything. Like that whole shit the other night, a few minutes ago, when. People get stuck on Highway 40, like around Woods Mill, out yeah. there in West County, and yeah. they can't get up the hill. The ice. Because of the ice, mm-hmm. and it, because it all gets packed down Yes, when you drive over. You're like, it's like when you drive over snow in your driveway. Mm-hmm. It turns into ice. Yeah. Well, that's what happens out here. I mean, out in there. That would never happen over here. Really? Uh, you know, on the main roads, the interstates, and even like the main arteries through, t- through the towns, like here in Glen Carbon, they're on that shit, man. They are on it. I just don't know what the issue is. Like a bad organization. I guess that's all it is. It's bad organization. You'd think. I mean, because I think they said between Missouri and Illinois so far this year, we've had 13 
actual uh, accumulations, yeah. i.e. either snow ice events. or snow. They've had 13 of them. That's ridiculous. That's a lot. It is a lot, considering I don't even remember having really much of anything the last couple of years. There hasn't you? been much. There hasn't been. No, it comes in waves. Okay, so I'm not, I wasn't off. I think it happens in La Nina years. I remember the last one being like 2014-ish, wasn't that yeah, it? Yeah, around Cause, there. Because I was in Arkansas, and I remember Arkansas got pounded. They had no clue what the fuck to do. Yeah, they have no clue. I understood why. And that's like when they get an inch and a half of snow down in Atlanta, and they go batshit. I think we got like eight inches one time on the weekend in Arkansas, and I'm not kidding, the place just shut down. The whole entire city was just shut down. Like, there was nothing you could do. People didn't know what to do. They didn't, have, they didn't even have vehicles to drive in. If you didn't have a truck, there was nothing that could get you around. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I don't know. I mean, I remember living in Chicago for two years and never had a single issue. And they would get massive amounts of snowfall dumped on them and had no issues. I think, I think it's because they used that Chicago, that Chicago uh, theory mm-hmm. for, applying, you know, for applying salt and, 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 and treating the roads down here. Yeah. Yeah. Same deal. I mean, it's all all run by the same you know same organization. I mean, that's what the organization's there for. That's what I understand the issue behind it. Yeah, like their job is to keep the roads safe. It's like, and clear. hey, Modot, go talk to IDOT, figure out how they do it, how they treat their interstates. The funnier thing is, they always just tell people to just stay home, as if that's a reality. Is that Who a reality for most people? Coca Cola tells us, like, we don't care. Get get the job done. We don't care how you get it done. Just get it done. Get the job done. So it's like there is no stay home. Like if it. <laughs> Dude, it could snow 12 which is shocking, inches. Which is, shocking like, Sorry. For, which is shocking for an Atlanta company to say. Yeah. If they don't, if, if there's snow, like, oh my God. They don't care. Yeah. I, I love my company. I absolutely have no beef with it. But the, with that particular, with this particular job, you you have to be there. Yeah. You have to make your sale. Like, that's all that matters. Yeah. I mean, the store's closed. I mean, that's one thing. That's why when I hear MoDOT or when you read it on, like, you know, the news stations are like, oh, if you can stay in today, just stay in. As if, like, anyone didn't already know that. Like if they didn't have to go to work, obviously they wouldn't go. It and plus, still in the the fascination with going to stock up on groceries, which I thought was fake. Oh no, that's a very that's a very real thing. We sell more Coca Cola during a snowstorm than any other time of the year by really? a mile, by a mile. It's not even really? close. So like with Coca Cola, it's uh, obviously number one is Christmas. Yeah, Christmas time you just you kill. Thanksgiving's right there, neck and neck. Sometimes yeah. Thanksgiving wins. Uh, Halloween does okay. New Year's Eve does okay because nowadays people stock up so early for Christmas that they don't necessarily need to nail right, it. Right, they on have that. enough. Super Bowl does pretty good, and then uh, your summer holidays, your Memorial Day, your Fourth of July, your Labor Day, those all do pretty decent. Labor Day is pretty much dead nowadays, though. People don't do near as much. Is it the week before? Is that how you judge judge the sales of it? Yeah, yeah. You know, leading up to it, that you're going to do it. Plus, we throw our best sales around those times of year. So ah. you'll get your like, if we have a four for 10 on 12 packs, dude, good luck. Good luck trying to forecast that, what a store is going to need. Four, four, four 12 packs for 10 bucks. People lose their shit over it, which is great. I need to know when that happens. So I own a soda machine here yeah. at the Glen Carbon Studios yeah. that I go and stock. And I just go to Sam's by the, and buy the 35 packs for $10, mm-hmm. yeah. which is a pretty good deal. But pretty if you get, when you get 48 for $10. Yeah. The four for 10s happen uh, randomly. It's not randomly. I mean, they know. The people up top know. Yeah. They make the decisions. But it's agreed upon between Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, whomever, and the obviously the store. And like Target does them sometimes. At Target, they will fly off the shelves. Fly off the shelves. I don't, care what, I don't care what Target So wait a minute. Is. So they all join together? Pepsi? 
no. Dr. Pepper, and, and they, no. do all, they do it all at the same time? The one thing I don't understand is that sometimes we will battle each other for it when I just feel like, why don't we take it one weekend, you take it the next weekend, they take it the next... You know what I mean? Right. Like, let everybody make their money instead of let's fight it out, because then you don't know. Like, some areas are Pepsi areas, some areas are Coca-Cola areas, some areas are Dr. Pepper areas, and you have to... For me, I bounce everywhere, so I'm a relief guy. I go all over Missouri and all sure. over Illinois, so I have to kind of figure out what area is what. Like, there's some areas that are just strictly Pepsi areas. What percentage of your customers are 100% loyal to Coca-Cola? A pretty good percent, man. Coca-Cola has an unbelievable uh, following I am of people extreme. that will only drink Coca-Cola. My parents only drink Coca-Cola products. I am extremely loyal to Diet Coke. Okay. Extremely. Yeah, Diet Coke, I would say, is our brand that has the number one brand loyalty from what I've seen. I would imagine so. Like when it comes to people saying, I'll only drink this, Diet Coke normally is the word. Uh, my wife prefers regular Pepsi. Okay. I prefer regular Coke if I'm going to drink a regular soda, which I hardly ever do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I figured it was a lot. Yeah, and it's so funny because prior to getting into the business, I had no idea about any of this stuff, like yeah. all the brand loyalty and things like that. Because to me, dude, I'm um, I'm such a whatever's whatever there. You know? Yeah, like I don't I don't really notice differences too much in taste there. Yeah. I don't drink that much soda either, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Just like we run, we do Monster. We sell Monster. Yeah, I don't really drink much of that either, but we sell an obscene amount of that. Monster is uh, outrageously popular in the state of missouri it's the mo- huge the monster absolutely zero is my favorite yeah yeah and we got tons of flavors of those too we yeah got the ultra the the white cherry the blue the red the purple the orange is, is there ridiculous. a new green one that just came out yeah yeah green apple saw someone saw someone posting about that on instagram or uh, snapchat or instagram today. well and then you know the big one that came out recently was like bang have you heard have you seen those bang energy drinks i have okay well now monster came out their own called rain R E I G N. Okay, and it's it's essentially like that, except now they'll go off against Bang. They it's taste crazy. good. I've had one or two. They're pretty damn good. They're just you know that's not me trying to sell it. That's just me being honest. Stop. Like I, I'll tell you, there's some things I don't know about. We have a new thing, Sprite Lemonade. Oh wow! Sounds great. Looks great. I haven't had it yet. Sounds delicious. I'm gonna try it when I get a shot. Do you like those good? Do you like those good Arnie Palmers? Yeah. It sounds really From good. The Arizona tea cup, which I think is Dr. Pepper, isn't Arizona tea Dr. Pepper? Yes. Yeah. 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 And then Lipton would be uh, Pepsi. Okay. Pure yeah. Leaf is Pepsi. Gold Peak is Coke. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty cool, man. I mean, it you know, it's what, soda. What, a, what an interesting industry. It is an interesting industry, and it's amazing because as an industry, they've really evolved because soda in general has taken a big hit because of the health sure. uh, associated to it or lack of health associated to it so uh coca-cola pepsi dr pepper all of them i'm not acting as if coke's the only people here pepsi's just as powerful right and you know whatever but like st louis is kind of known as a pepsi town right and they've all had to evolve but coke is coke has infiltrated its way in yes yes yeah like when when coke took over at emos Mm -hmm. that was a big deal like uh the blues are pepsi st louis blues are pepsi and then st louis cardinals are coca-cola the rams were dr pepper before Mm -hmm. that i believe they were Pepsi? I believe so, too. Pepsi does a lot of uh, large corporate sponsorships like that in the yeah. Midwest. They're very big in the Midwest. Very big. Obviously, you know, the East Coast is all Coca-Cola. It's all all, all, Coca-Cola. all the way up and down? Yeah, it's just Coca-Cola, man. It's just huge. Especially, like, New York. Like, they, they, don't, they don't even ask for anything. It's like, oh, I'll take a Coke. 
Oh, really? Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Like, I got friends from the East Coast. Like, when you ask them what they want to drink, they all say Coke. But sometimes they just mean, like, a Sprite. So you have to, like, be like, what the hell are you fucking asking for? (laughs) What are you talking about? Like, what is that? If I say I want a Coke... I mean, I I mean, you mean you want a Coca-Cola. Yeah. Like, my dad says he wants a Coke, but he means Diet Coke. Yeah. See? Now, see, they do that with other drinks in general. All sodas are Cokes. Yeah. Out there on the East Coast. They're weird. Like Boston, New Yorkish areas. Boston. And they think they know everything. Boston. And then Coca-Cola is also Fanta. Yeah. Which is great. I love, love Fanta, man. Fanta's good. We got a bunch of them. A bunch of flavors there. I know there's probably a bunch of people sitting in their car right now or sitting at home going, what the fuck are they talking about all this soda for? But we just started talking about it. And I, it is an actually, it is a truly interesting uh, company to work for. And uh, with all the new stuff, like I think we have like 68 new products coming out this year. Like variations and things coming out. Like the new orange vanilla Coke, yeah. which I'm also intrigued to try because I haven't gotten to try any of these. I was on vacation with the surgery, you know, so I haven't gotten to try any of these. And it all came out like last week. There's a lot of new stuff out there to try. And I'm sure Pepsi and all them have a bunch of stuff coming out. I just haven't really uh, kept up with the competitors on what they have coming out. So I apologize for that. Yeah, you should have you should apologize. What the heck did I just do to my mic stand here? I don't, I don't know. know. Something happened with your mic stand. It's gone it's gone rogue. All right, there we go. That's better. I think it's better. You know, ironically, the way I ended up at Coca-Cola was uh, because of two people that didn't even work for Coca-Cola. I ended up there because I went played golf with uh, my buddy Tommy Pica, his... His cousin, Jeremy, used to work for Coca-Cola and then was working for Dr. Pepper at the time. And we went down to Lake of the Ozarks for a bachelor's party and we were golfing. And I asked this guy what he did for work. And he goes, I'm an account manager for Dr. Pepper. And I go, do you like that? And he goes, I love it. And I'm like, no shit. I go, what do you do? And he kind of told me, which is exactly what I do now. And I go, that sounds really interesting. I'd, I'd kind of be interested in something like that. And he goes, well, if you're ever interested, give me a call. Let me know. I go, all right, sure. And then I, uh, a guy I used to do a radio show way back when, back in like 2015, my buddy Mike Stoff. He works for Pepsi, <clears throat> and he had always bragged about how much he enjoyed working for them, and I thought, well, damn, man, maybe I'll just give it a shot, you know? It's two people voucher for the soda industry. Yeah, so uh, reached out to Mike, said something to him, and he you know, he was like, well, give me a call, you know, blah, blah, and I actually tried. I uh, interviewed with Coca-Cola and with Pepsi, and uh, uh, I ended up taking the job with Coca-Cola, so that's how I'm here now. Do you go around and set up? Set up like displays and stores and stuff. Sometimes, sometimes not as much. We have people that specifically do that. Yeah, for the most part, Um, like you have like it's a it's a whole setup where you have like you have an account manager, you have a merchandiser, you have a a district sales manager, you have relief people like me that go everywhere. Yeah, I mean everybody has their own designated job, but it's a pretty well oiled machine. I mean it's it's chaotic in its own in its own relevance, but it it all works out pretty well. So you're a floater, so you cover for guys who are on vacation vacation sick or quit or fired yeah i take over immediately for whatever's going on so like um let's say you were uh, uh the glenn carbon route and yeah. you were on vacation you were leaving and i would i would take over your route that week you'd leave me whatever notes you'd want to leave me let right. me know what you got going on and i would you know go into your job out, get it taken care of yeah huh. you would alert your customers let them know hey it's not going to be me here next week so if you have any specific questions maybe ask me now or you know, wait for John to answer him or I'll come back in a week and be able to take care of you. And I handle everything I possibly can in my power until then. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's not bad, man. You do a ton of driving. I drive like 30,000 miles a year. Yeah. Just for work. It's a lot of driving. Now, for people who do a lot more driving than that, they're probably like, whatever, but it's well, a lot, I think man. our buddy Matty Bear drives a lot more than that. 
Yeah, he goes he goes multiple states though too, doesn't he? He's like I in, think so. He'll go to Illinois, Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, he's all over the place. I'm mostly um so we go down like Heartland Coca-Cola runs down to about just below right around Lake of the Ozarks ish. Okay. And comes out to Illinois right about where you're at. So oh, that's, really? that's all so our three hours away from St. Louis in one direction, but then just, you know, half an hour in the other direction. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, We're, I think the farthest I've gone is Cuba, like down there in Cuba, Missouri. Sullivan-ish, right there. Havana, oh, no, no. Yeah, that's where I go. <laughs> now, what about you? What's your story? What do you do? Everybody wants to always, everybody always asks me about you. What do they, what do they want to know about me? They want to know about you. Honestly. Wow. Like, because my friends all know about me and right. my, my boring ass. Right. But, like, people always ask about you. Which goes to show that none of my friends are listening, so no, because no one's ever asked me about you. They need, they need to be listening, and they, they know, need to be creeps. asking. They're creeps. Well, um... Like, Chris was asking me when we left last week. He's like, so tell me about Andy. And I go, I'll be honest with you. Andy and I just kind of started this show, and, and it works. Uh, and, we, and I go, I don't know all that much about him. So I go, I don't know. I'm married. No kids. No kids. Step step. Uh, I, have, I have a stepdaughter. Step yeah. So she's like my own, but I, you know, she wasn't in my life till uh, she was fourteen. Mm-hmm. So when did you get married? We got married in twenty twelve. Two thousand twelve. Okay. Yeah. How long did you know her before you got married? Two years. Really? Yeah. How'd you guys meet? I was out DJing at a bar in Collinsville. No shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's how you met her. That's why I met her. Oh my god. Yeah. God, so you're seven years in. Yeah. I'm getting married here in a couple months. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. It's not all hopped up to be. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm I'm sure, you know, marriage is marriage. It's all just a piece of paper. I mean, it is, you know, but but you know, I I definitely what you find out is that you love the person that you're with. I love Kelly way much more today than I do the right. I did the day I married her. Yeah, it's crazy how your love grows like that. I could totally see that because I'll tell you just from having kids like I loved. I love our daughter. Yeah, loved her the minute she was here. But like now, eleven months in, I I cannot get enough of her. Yeah, Ensley is the the coolest thing ever, man. And yeah. she doesn't even talk yet. She just like babbles and stuff, yeah. and and she's just starting to take steps now, dude. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, the love grows so exponentially; it's crazy. I've seen it with my nieces and nephews. Yeah, um, I'm sad that I haven't really you know gotten to experience it myself. Yeah, as a father, I was gonna ask you that. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm sad about it. Um, and we tried. Yeah. Um, and it just, you know, it just didn't. wasn't in the cards. It wasn't in the cards. I, yeah. I don't, you know, who knows? It might happen someday. I don't know. Yeah. Um, she's a couple years older than me, so no, she says she has old eggs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, but, you know, it, it might happen. You know, yeah. We, we, oh, with Ensley was a complete shock. It yeah. wasn't a, wasn't a planned event. It was yeah. a, it was a, uh, I'd be, I'd be ecstatic. Yeah. I used to be, I, I was I was uh, selfish for a long time, and I would go back and forth on it. But now these days, dude, same here, man. You're not yeah. alone on that. I was the exact same way. Like when it came to being like, what am I going to do now? With my, you know, I don't have any of my own free time. You know, like I can't golf like I used to. Yeah, I can't just go places when I want to. See, and that's the pros and cons to it. There are like, um, but then when like, she laughs, yeah, dude, it's over. It's over. But like on Saturday mornings, I can sleep until ten o'clock. Yeah, that shit ain't happening. No, yeah. not when you have kids. I, there was a USA Today, USA Today article uh, that said uh, if you have kids, the first six years of having kids, you literally lose two to three hours of sleep that you're used to having. 
per night. I'm sure of that. So that if makes you were sense. sleeping eight hours, now you're at five. God bless you if you're at five hours before. That means you'd be like two or three. It was never really strange to me that I didn't have kids because for my, my the, a group of friends that hung out that hung around for a long time, still, none of them have kids still. Really, none of us had kids. A lot of my friends from Chicago that I went to school with do not have kids. Yeah. Now all my Missouri friends, most of them have kids. Yeah. That's also a thing, man. Like uh, I have buddies out on the West Coast that live out in Los Angeles, and they don't have kids, and they're like, dude, they're not married, they don't have kids. They think, you know, out there it's effed up if you are married and have kids by age 32, 33. Yeah. They're like, what, what, what's the rush? Here, if, you don't, if you're not married or looking to be married around 32 to 35 age range, don't people kind of look at you yeah, on the like, side of their fucking eye? Like, eh, what's up with this guy? Like I, know, I know several women who are 40 mm-hmm. and have never been married. Really? And it's like, hmm, I'm just looking back on life. Like there's something up there, yeah, yeah. Not, I, I mean, and not there's anything wrong with it. You know, some people are just independent, just independent people. Yes, and they don't, they don't want to get married or whatever. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just, nothing. it is different. It, it's, it's just, just, it's just a different and way it's to live. Just different. Like in my the way aunt, you my aunt has never been married. She's sixty. Uh, how old is she? Some sixty something. Really? Yeah. I never thought I would get married. If I had to be really honest, like I, I got to oh, a certain I went back point. And, I went back and forth. I thought because I thought there was something wrong with me. Yeah, I was a bad person. Eh, same man. I honestly, I think, I think it's all like in like the, in how we perceive ourselves. Like oh, I'm I reading, hated I'm reading a new book called the uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I saw that, and it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I'm only ten ten pages into it. The first ten pages, if you're not hooked, it's just not the fucking book for you. But it's so good, man. It's it's like I, I need something new to read. Oh, I would absolutely. I would suggest it right away. Yeah. So, like, it starts by talking about you, you You just cannot continue to give a fuck about everything because you only have so many fucks you can give right. in a lifetime. Exactly. Excuse all the language that I have to use here to explain it, but that's right. the name of the book, and that's how they talk. Explicit. Uh, yeah. Explicit, explicit episode. Yeah, parental advisory. <laughs> uh, but, no, they were in the book, they're talking about, like, you know... Things that you might get angry with, like let's say somebody, uh, you go to the gas station and, and the guy goes, "Oh, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any quarters. I'm gonna have to give you all your change in dimes." And like for some people, that kind of like fucking tilts them, like where they get like angry, like they're like, "Oh, now I gotta have ten dimes in my fucking pocket instead of, you know, four quarters." And the guy's like, "Does that matter? Like, does that shit matter? Does like that type of shit matter? Like people get upset by stupid shit like that, or like if your dog shits on the floor." When you come home, like at the end of the day, does it matter? No. Should you give a fuck? So back, I was, it's funny you bring that up. I was, uh, I had a bunch of boxes in my basement that I hadn't opened since I moved into my house 15 mm-hmm. years ago. Okay. They're mostly all books. Mm-hmm. What I found was uh, one box had all of my college notebooks in it that I decided to keep. Yeah. For some reason. For some random, I was just going to say, yeah, what was so the. Those went bye-bye. Nostalgia. Uh, but I found a book, and it was a very, very popular book. It was it was a, a, about a three by three inch book. It's a small thing. It was called "Don't Sweat the Small Stuff." Yeah, and it's all small stuff. Was the name of the book? Yeah, very popular. It was like when Chicken Soup for the Soul came out. And, oh yeah, and Life's Little Instruction Book came out. Yeah, around those around that time, and uh, I didn't flip through it. I but I did, but I did set it aside to take a look at it, and also yeah. to give it to. Uh, let Kelly read it for a little Well, bit. like, just in general, they talk about how, like, as Americans, we just, we fucking kind of get it a little wrong, like, in terms of stress and what we let bother us. I mean, look at our work week compared to other countries. 
it's insane. Like the way we look at things and the way we judge. Like it was start like uh, the very first thing. One of the things the first couple pages of the book starts to talk about is like, um, why do you buy a new car? Do you buy a new car because you need a new car? Or do you buy a new car because it has a status thing to it, or because you feel like you need a new car, or because your friend maybe got a new car? Like you start to pick things or choose things. The clothing you wear has a reason behind it. Everything you pick has a reason behind it. And they talk about how, why do you give a shit, essentially? Like, why do you care? Do you care that your neighbor thinks that your car is a piece of shit? And is it a piece of shit? No, it's in your head. Like, they don't care. There is so much of the keeping up with the Joneses over here. Yes. Yes. And I want no part of it. Well, and they also say, like, they've done, like, tons of studies. Now, obviously, cancer is just the the multiplication of, of cells, you know, and whatnot, um, or the mutation of cells. And when it comes to stress, they've done studies where they show that like just stress in general has a high link to uh, cancer. And in America, our stress levels are through the fucking roof, man. They're crazy high. And for I, what? And for well, to mostly to keep your profile, your whatever. Yeah, it's it's not really even to keep your employer happy. It's to keep your your employer's perception of you yeah in a positive note yeah and it's like i get a lot of shit for my tattoos i get a lot of it man i don't believe that for one second yeah i get a little bit of shit for that man depending on where i go like it's just some and i always think to myself like do you think that fucking changes anything about me right like the tattoo the shit on my skin if if you really think that's what changes anything about my work ethic or you as a person or me as a person you're fucking crazy man I, and I, I never look at people like that. So I, don't, I, I guess I get it from a certain extent because some people just live in a different la-la land than I do. I passed judgment on you the first time I saw your tattoos. No, oh, I can understand it. Yeah. It happens a lot more than you'd think. Yeah. I, and I, I deal with it. But it's just because I just, I, I come, I, I feel like I'm, I'm just old school about tattoos. Yeah. And I just, I don't have any desire. Yeah. I don't. Like my dad doesn't like them. My dad is not a fan. My yeah. mom isn't bothered by him. My dad's not a fan. But my dad's old school, too. Yeah. And I respect my, that. My dad's old school. My my grandparent, my grandfathers. Me, uh, on the other hand, I fucking love them. Yeah. I love them. But I'm it's a hypocrite, awesome. too. I'm not huge on, like, I'm not a, like, I won't put them on my neck or anything like that. Like, I'm a hypocrite to a certain extent. Like, I'm a tattoo guy, but there's a line for me. There's a line. There's always think, been a lot. I don't think line. it makes you hypocrite. I think it just makes you who you are. I think it's yeah. just an individuality kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so not a tattoo. So, more about me uh, for people who are asking, not a tattoo guy. Um, I don't even know. Have where you it. ever had a piercing? Nope. No earrings, nothing like that? Nope. I no had earrings, double don't. studs. Good for you. Look at you. <laughs> Such a <little> ass. <laughs> you old punk. Oh, man. And then, um, God, what else? I work for, I, I currently work for my, for my family's company. Nice. Um, have you lived in Glen Carbon your whole life? I lived in. I grew up in Maryville, Illinois, down the road. Okay. Uh, until I was about eleven, then we moved to Edwardsville. Okay. And then uh, I moved, and then I bought my house here in Glen Carbon to in two thousand four. Oh wow! Fifteen years. Long time. And uh, you went to school here. You went to Mizzou first, correct? No, actually, I did it a little bit backwards. So I okay. went. I went to SIU for two years here. First, okay. Then I went to Mizzou, mm-hmm. and then I took a year off. Okay, backpack through in, Europe. No, worked <laughs> over uh, for a division of Emerson Electric over in Cool Valley. Is what I did. Okay. Uh, so that was so you know Europe, Cool Valley, you know seventy and Florissant, kind of you know pretty much the pretty same close, thing. Pretty, pretty close. close. 
Um, then I uh, went back and finished my degree a couple years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it, back at SIU. So yeah, I mean, pretty much been in the area my entire life. Yeah, well traveled though, I would say. Where have you been outside of the country? Of note, uh, like I've only been to Mexico. I've been to, I've been to the UK and France and Italy, all in one trip. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. It was, and that was twenty years ago. Yeah. But, I, but I think we're gonna. I think we're doing Europe this year. Cool. So, um, twenty eighteen sucked, man. Uh, I had a. I was on a on a great contract job over at Equifax, and that came to an end. And uh, went pretty much the entire summer really without full time employment. Really? Yeah, I was helping out with a few things around here, uh, collecting unemployment, which I but and and looking for jobs. And it was a mad. It was things that kept happening were. Um, not that my skill set isn't marketable. Right. Uh, positions got canceled. Budgets got cut. Yeah. Uh, went through, went through a six round interview process with Charter. Jesus Christ! Six rounds. What? What do they not round. know after the first five? I don't know. And then at the end, they they decided to fill it with a a contractor role. Really? It was, it was for a full time employment position. So, um, yeah. So, so you were ready to bid uh, 2018 goodbye. Yeah, from a from a work standpoint, yeah. yeah. But then I, you know, I, about uh, September, um, I just told my dad, I said, "Look, I said I I, I can't do it anymore. I gotta I, I need to work 40 hours a week." I said, "Right," because I, I, like like you said, I was, dude. It's good for your mental health, man. I honestly, it is. honestly, I because we're all programmed that way. It is as Americans, at least, we're programmed that way. And so, um. I, I've been I've worked off and on here for twenty almost twenty five years since nineteen ninety five. Oh wow! Wow. So I know the ins and outs of this place like it's like nobody's business. I mean, yeah. and so and maybe it was all a sign that I'm just supposed to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't know. Man. You know, I always say like um, I didn't want to live with any kind of regrets. So when I decided that I wanted to work in television. I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to work in television. And then when I actually got to the ability to work in television, um, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And, and you know, through a couple things that went here and a couple things that went there, I ended up back in St. Louis. And I remember feeling at the point in time, like, you know, uh, full transparency, I felt like a failure. You feel like a fucking failure. You man. do. Um, and... Uh, that val- I, we talked about it last week. The validation stuff mm-hmm. that you go through when you're, you know, at a certain age and when you're when you're just trying to find yourself. I went through it big time, and you know what? Sometimes you're just where you're supposed to be. You really are. Like your mind might think you're supposed to be somewhere else, but in reality, shit happens, and it happens for a reason. Are you a jo- are you a Joel Osteen guy? No. Mm-mm. I don't agree with everything he says. Yeah, but he's like you know. God, he said, you may not realize what God's plan for you is. Yeah, but just let it roll. Just go with it, and just and and the and he he can he could sure make a guy feel good watching mm-hmm. him. Or and if, if, and if you can't take it in that heavy of a dose, just follow him on Twitter, and it's it's just nice little inspirational things to think about. But what I but <laughs> kind of a funny thought about it. What if you are happy? What if you are feel like that you are in the right place and and, and thinking, well, God's going to change that according to Joel Osteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's the other side of that. Like you know, the same thing with the uh, with the book we were just talking about the the uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck, which was why do people believe they need to be 
at a job that they hate so they can afford a house that they really don't need. Like, what the fuck's that about? And again, it's it, that's not making people happier. If anything, it's making you worse. We go back and forth on the house thing, too. It morally bankrupts you. You know? I mean, at the end of the day, you're just, you know. You're talking about cars, too. Like, uh, Kelly's car is paid off in, in four payments. Yeah. It's, it's a 2013 Dodge Journey. It's nothing special. Get you from A to but it A works, to, A it, to but Z. But it works for us. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, I kind of get a, I, you know, like. Um, Do I want a sweet Mercedes whip? Hell yeah! Am I, if, if, might we get yeah, one? Yeah. What are you willing to give up for it, though? You know, right. what kind of job are you willing to eat? You're willing to work 120 hours a week and right. be fucking miserable and never see your wife and your stepdaughter and things like that. For me, it's always been an answer: no. Like I'll walk away from anything. I know me. I that's that is a uh, it's a flaw or a characteristic of myself that I'm 100. percent I don't think that's a flaw. I, w- I would call I would call that a, yeah. I would call that a positive trait. As a matter of fact, I, I hope so. I mean, it's just like Lauren knows that about me. I've always been like that. Like at any, any job, if if like I'll put up with a bunch of shit, but if you if you push me past a certain line, like I'll just walk. I'll figure out my my financial wherewithal. Oh yeah. However means necessary, I'll figure it out. But don't push me. Like don't don't jerk me around or do something like that. Like eventually, I'll just be like, nope, we're good. And I'll walk. Like you'll, just, just, you'll just flip the switch off. Yeah. Always been able to do that. I've been able to do that my whole life. That's with anything. Like if you're dating a really shitty person and they're just, I don't care what they are, who they are, I can walk away. I can just, I can run. Oh, up. See, I, I can't. Uh, no, I was I can always do that. worried about, see, I was worried too much about what people liked that liked me. I guess that never, yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of goes with like, like, from a vanity standpoint, it kind of goes with the tattoo thing too. Like I've never cared. Yeah, I just don't care. I'm so used to people like in it's summer, like when we go to the pool or something. Like Lauren and I, you know, like you could tell people look. Oh my god, look! at But that. I'm so used to it, and I love them so much, and I don't care. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's what, whatever. It's I answer who a lot you are, of man. Yeah, it's who you are. At the end of the day, it's just skin. That's what I always tell my dad whenever I get a new one. He'll like look at me and be like, oh, "What the fuck is that?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's just skin." It is. That's why I, I, it's just I, skin. I give Kelly shit, but you know, I, it's all. It's all. Does she have one? She has a, a lot. She has a lot. Really? Tattoos? She yeah. does? A lot. Oh, shit. Really? A couple dozen, I bet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not as many as you, but... Does she go to uh, places around here? Yeah. She In Glen Carbon? No, she goes up to the uh, Alton Tattoo Company. Really? They do, they do great work. Yeah. Oh, awesome dude, you can work. come across some phenomenal artists. You yeah. really can. And then, of course, you know, she gets me sucked into the to the tattoo shows like on on, mm-hmm. on uh, Spike or whatever, you, whatever yeah. Spike is called now. Paramount. What's that? Uh, what's that? What's that show called? Uh, there was one L.A. Inc., Inc., Miami Inc., and Ink Master. Ink Master. Yeah, There's the one with um, the guy uh, Chris Peck. Uh huh. And um, Chris Navarro. Uh huh. Dave James Navarro. Ad- Dave Navarro. From, yeah. From Jane's Addiction. Yeah. Yeah. So like those shows take a lot of shit because you know uh, they're whatever the reality TV quote unquote. But like I've always said, like what those shows did was they brought it to the forefront. They brought tattoos to the forefront to people where it made it less stigmatized. I think. Oh, it's very less. I mean, I remember when I, I, I remember when I was a kid, and it, the, guy, the only people who had tattoos were bikers and sailors. That's right. Yeah, and that was about it. Fuck! When I got my sleeve, which was fifteen years ago, people thought I was fucking crazy. Crazy. Did, did you get the entire sleeve done at once? No, no. I'll be honest. I was I was a complete bitch at first. I did it in I did it in thirds. Yeah. I did a third of my arm, and then I did. 
another third, and then I went all Did the way Did you design down. it yourself? No. I had I, I knew what I wanted, so I would say what I'd like. Um, like I'd be like, I want an angel situation here, kind of like an angel theme going on, and then Trevor would take whatever I would just like kind of say and go, all right, do you trust me to do this? And I go, yeah, and he would just fucking go. Just go. You have to put a lot of trust in an artist when they... Absolutely you do. Um, and I just always trusted him. I've trusted any artist that I've gone to because it's only I've only gone to, to three. Yeah. All together. And they've done however many tattoos I have on me. Only three of them have done it. And I trust them. What's the one that hurt the most? On the ball, the, on the ankle? Uh, no. Uh, the sternum sucked. Oh. The sternum sucked. Uh, makes your teeth chatter. Your teeth chatter. Really? Yeah. I guess it's just from the fucking thing hitting them reverberating off the bone interesting the ribs were terrible too i almost passed out during the ribs uh note to yourself eat something before you go get tattooed because it's like any kind of other trauma being done to your body why would you not eat i didn't eat before i got my ribs done and i remember the guy having to get me nice guy jason bain super nice guy down at iron age uh we were about two hours in and i was like sweating because sometimes you sweat from how much it might hurt you know yeah and uh he was doing the tattoo and I was in so much pain. I was like literally like biting my teeth down and he goes, why don't we stop for a second? I go, okay. So we stopped for a second and then he went right back like 10 minutes later to start doing it. And I thought I was going to be okay. And I wasn't. And he had to grab me like a Sprite and Skittles. It was actually after I had just got done, uh, producing or interning, whatever it was for, uh, the morning after the radio show that you are still associated with. I got done with the show and I went in there for a tattoo session and it hurt like hell, man. I'd been up since five in the morning doing my former radio show. Yeah. And then working for the morning after and then literally went and got tattooed. I hadn't eaten probably since the night before. It's a fucking nightmare. Don't do it. Don't get tattooed without eating. I'm not going to get tattooed on my rib cage. That's just an FYI. Do you ever think about getting one at all? I don't like anything enough to put it on my body. It's fair. That is the number one thing I hear from most people. Yeah. Do you think that you'll like something towards the end of it? And I honestly just think it's already there. That's, That's how I view it. It's already there. Right. So like while you the the biggest regret I have is sometimes I just want to put something new in that spot. Not that I have beef with what I may already have, but that I just think like, oh, I'd like to do something else in that spot. And you can't, obviously. Kelly just got this one done. Her newest one. Yeah. It's actually a set of lungs. Really? And one lung is kind of dead. And it's to uh, it symbolizes uh, her father's lung cancer. Oh, wow. Okay. And. Uh, the other one's all flowers and look, looks pretty. And she says that's that's her lung. Yeah. I'm trying to find a picture of it to show it to you. Real it's quick. really cool when people come up with their ideas like that. And I love when they have an association to the person, you know, like where they have a story behind it. Not all not all tattoos need to have a story behind it. Lord knows my entire left arm has really no story to it um, other than I just wanted them. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like a traditional artist, too. I can yeah. tell with the rose next below it. Yeah, that's really good. It's really good work too. Maybe I'll put a picture. Wow. Maybe I'll put a picture of that up on with the uh, so people can see what we're talking. Yeah, about. no, that's really cool. Yeah, as long as she gives you the a okay, I don't. I'm see sure she will. Yeah. I'm like, hey guy, we were talking about tattoos. Guy, put that on the uh, yeah on the uh, on the podcast page so people can see that. That's a great idea on her part too. With the you know uh, memorialize it. I'm guessing her her father. Uh-huh. Or... Yeah, he's still alive. Oh, good. He made it through. Yeah, he's good, still alive. Good, good, so. good, good, good. I asked, a, uh, I, as a smoker, I asked her that was my lung. She goes, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long have you been a smoker? Long time? Oh, God, I got to quit. 23 years. Wow. 
way too long. I was gonna. It was always the the goal. I was gonna either quit. So you started right about end of high school. Yeah, right at first year of college. Yeah. And I was going to quit either when I had my first kid or when I turned 30. We're talking cigarettes, not cigars, right? Cigarettes, yeah. Okay. Marlboro Lights. That's my... You know, my mom smokes. That's what she smokes. Yeah. I try to get her to quit. She's doing really good. She's cut back tremendously since my daughter. I've cut back a lot, too. How, how, do, you, how do you do it? How do you help yourself? Do you do nicotine gum or any of that? No, I just, just pace myself because I'll just smoke one if I want it. Yeah. And do you so, wake up in the middle of the night wanting to smoke? No, and stuff? but no. first thing in the morning. I was a chewer. For a long time, yeah. I'm, it's an it, that is a disgusting fucking habit. Like, not that smoking's any better. It's awful too. But as a chewer, uh, I've been good now for three weeks. Three oh, good weeks. for you. Yeah, yeah. I chewed for like twelve years. Yeah, it, but to me, it was chewing was as normal as breathing air. Honestly, I was like a fucking baseball player. I, it's just so normal to me. After you eat a meal, chew. Hey, I'm gonna read a book. Chew. Gonna sit outside, chew. I thought that the smoking ban in restaurants and bars would help me cut down a lot because there was nothing like having a cigarette right after right after dinner. Yeah, in the dining room of the restaurant. Sure. Which, thinking about today, absolutely blows your mind yeah. that we could smoke in restaurants. I was talking with my, with my mom about this the other day. I said, "Mom, I said I remember you walking around the grocery store smoking." She goes, "Yeah, mm-hmm. you just throw it on the ground and stomp it out." Mm-hmm. And that's what you would do. I mean. To think about that happening today is absolutely mind-blowing. Well, and really in restaurants, hasn't it only stopped here in Missouri and <laughs> Illinois for like the last less than 10 years? Uh, it has been 10 years in Illinois. Uh, 12 years, years in Illinois. 12 years? Okay. Yeah, it was 2000, uh, the, the beginning of 2006 or seven. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like for me, the worst part about the chewing was like it's not banned anywhere. So right. like you could be at the baseball game and be watching the baseball game and like... Just be chewing away, or even at a restaurant, you have man. Your, you have your trusty, rusty spit bottle with you at all times. Yeah, yeah. Those Lauren always... hated that shit. Oh, I bet. Hey, man, it, it was a gross habit, but i will be honest with you, like, quitting it, has, it's still hard. You doing a patch or something to help you with the, with the nicotine Honestly, addiction? Honestly, I used the surgery as my way of not doing it. Oh, nice. Because the guy said it would really um, hurt the healing process. I'm sure. Because of, like, the way nicotine, and it raises your blood pressure and things like that. He's like, in order for your nose to heal properly after having the surgery... It would probably be best if you quit. Funny you say all that. First of all, I'm going on this trip next week to PGA National down near Jupiter, Florida, mm-hmm. with some guys. I don't plan on smoking at all down there. I'd be more. I, I'm afraid I would be mortified and be so embarrassed to smoke. Really? Yeah. What's that about? It's just a, a fancy place. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Where classy thing? It's a okay. classy thing. I mean, you know, and the, pretty much the stigma associated with smokers now is that it's Hoosier. It isn't a crazy. Isn't it crazy how that's happened? It went like, from if you didn't smoke, you were a weirdo fifty years ago, to now if you smoke, yeah. you're kind of like a fucking creedin. And like, like in my eyes, so I, Kelly and I had this argument, and actually I put a I put a, up a Facebook post. So what's more Hoosier, tattoos or smoking? And Smoking won by, I mean, tattoos, oh, yeah. got, tattoos got zero votes. Yeah. And smoking got hundreds of votes. Yeah. And I was like, that's so interesting. I mean, it just goes to show that I'm a weirdo. Yeah. They did a study where they did a really large study. I'd have to relook it up, but I know they say one in three people have a tattoo now. At least one tattoo. Yeah. I, I believe it. One in three people. It was So I'm also um, really working, I've been really working on my golf swing the past uh, past month or so. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about and talking about smoking on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't smoke as much on the golf course anymore because it raises my blood pressure. It makes me yes. it makes me winded. Mm-hmm. 
it makes me where I can't where it gives me the jitters mm-hmm. over over a putt. Yeah. I'm much more calm if I don't have a cigarette. Yes. Yeah. And most people are. I mean, he was shocked to hear that. Really? Because most because I mean, cigarettes are supposed I mean, like when you're it's supposed you, to calm you down. If you're like having yeah. a nervous breakdown, you're going to have a cigarette. It has a different effect on every person. Obviously. Yeah. And maybe if you're in an extreme state of a nervous breakdown or or, or of an anxiety attack, maybe a cigarette would. Well, I think at that point it, down. it would just take your attention off the panic attack itself. It might. Yeah. But yeah, so I I really I don't have I mean. I might run off and sneak one here and there down there, but like on the golf course yeah. or anything like that. I could go through a whole can of chew on a golf course without even trying. Oh, I could smoke a cigarette a hole. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's 100%. what's so disgusting. 100%. That's what's so disgusting about it. Like, like I have to stop myself from smoking a cigarette per hole. I have to think, did, wait, did, I, oh, did, yeah. I have, did I have a cigarette on the last oh. hole? You did. Why don't you, why don't you wait till the ninth hole before you... I'll be like on the seventh hole. Yes. Why don't you wait till you make the turn? Yeah. 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 Before you have another cigarette there, Smokey Smokerton. For me, it was just, like I said, man, like I would wake up, have a cup of coffee first thing in the morning, oh, and then the minute I would finish the coffee, a chew would just... That nicotine and coffee mixture was like heaven to me. More health tips if you're constipated. Mm. Uh, pancakes, coffee, and cigarettes will take care of that problem for you real quick. Like, oh, really? Oh, it's an instant <laughs> recipe for uh, for getting rid of the constipation. Uh, You're listening to the STL Happy Hour podcast on the St. Louis Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe and uh, on iTunes, uh, play music, uh, Spotify, and Stitcher. We really, really appreciate you listening. We're going to carry on. But I just wanted to throw a little little reset in there. Yeah. Have you ever, uh, speaking of uh, the jittery thing, have you ever had, have you ever dealt with panic attacks or anxiety or anything like that? So I take some anxiety medication, but not really for, I don't think I've ever really had attacks. Yeah. Um, definitely fine. I'm, I mean, I'm much more, I'm much cooler now. Yeah. I mean, I never really considered myself like, we were talking about stress before too. I never really considered myself a stressed out, anxious person before. Mm-hmm. But since I've been on, I think I'm on Lexapro mm-hmm. is what I take. Yeah, and I, th- I think like ten milligrams a day. Yeah, so it's, it's nothing. No, but it's just a tiny, tiny little bit just to even uh, you out, even me out, and just make me go meh. Yeah, yeah. Like one time, I got so mad. It was right when Kelly and Claire moved in with me because everybody moved into my house because it was just it made more financial sense. And it was back when Channel Two on Charter was just standard definition. But 702 was HD. Mm-hmm. Well, they were watching all the standard definition channels. And I would just, I just didn't understand. Right. And got furious that they weren't watching the HD channels. Right. Something so stupid. So stupid. The art of giving a fuck. Right. right there. Like there's that subtle art of <laughs> that. That's a fuck you could have let go. Like I that would, one. Nowadays? Yeah. Couldn't care less. Watch whatever the fuck you want to watch. You know, I had, uh, I'd never, I was kind of like you. I, I mean, I was, I've always been like a high energy type person. Um, you know, like I said, you and I both know we, neither of us have ever met a conversation we couldn't have with somebody. Right. Um, which I tend to believe, like, you have to have a little bit of anxiety to be able to be a type of personality like mine and a type of personality like yours. I think you kind of have to have a little bit because that's kind of what, like, my brain's firing all the time. Like, I'm always thinking, of something like it's always racing, always, dude. Is uh, yours race? Mine races. Yeah, I. Um, I can control it much better now. I can control it as well. Um, yeah, I race, but I mean, not as much, does it? 
Like, I found that a lot of people that I know, like, they don't even think of asking the questions that I'll think in my head all the time. Like, I've always wanted to know things about you, and I just, like, it just starts firing off, like, oh, have you ever ever dealt with this, ever dealt with that? Like, that's how my brain fires like that. See, and I I love that, and my brain does not work like that. Really? That's why I was a terrible reporter. I could never think of good questions to ask people. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was always, that's always been, that's how I've always been. Hey, coach, why'd you play that defenseman in that pairing? Right. What? Who? That's a forward. Yeah. Wait. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, sorry. I'm stupid. <laughs> no. That, that always. That's always how it's been for me. But like, I had my first ever panic attack. Like, real, real panic attack. Uh, was three days after I moved back from Alpena, Michigan. I remember moving back, and I had no money, and I was living in my parents' basement. And I remember waking up in the dead of the middle of the night, maybe like two thirty in the morning, and it felt like I was having a heart attack. And I was only twenty eight years old. Um, but it honestly felt like heart attack so bad. That I remember going upstairs, crawling upstairs, a grown-ass man crawling upstairs, um, and knocking on my dad's bedroom door, my mom and dad's bedroom door. My dad came out, and he's like, what the, fu- like, what the fuck is going on here? And I was like, I think I'm having a heart attack. Like, I can't, I can't breathe, man. Like, I, it feels like I'm, I'm like, I was like sweating and shit, man. It's the most terrifying feeling I've ever felt in my life, in 33 years. It was the worst feeling I've ever felt. And my dad goes, okay, you know, whatever, we'll call 911, and then grabbed me like a bare aspirin, crushed it, and then I took the bare aspirin, and it turned out it was a fucking panic attack. I'd never dealt with anything like that. So they put me on some strong medicine for like a couple weeks, and then they put me on like a once-a-day thing for a while, and then I weaned myself off it, and I've kind of always been pretty good to go since. Now, everybody has different situations. Some people, they have to stay on stuff. Some people, they, whatever. I was yeah, lucky. I think I have a uh, a slight chemical imbalance mm-hmm. in my brain. Yeah. Which is like, you know, it's a medically diagnosed thing. You know, yeah. nothing wrong with me. It's just is what it is. Yeah. Now, of course, my mom used to say that to me back in the 80s. She would, she would of course, she would categorically deny this. Sure. You have a chemical imbalance. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And, of course, you know, instead of taking me to the doctor, she would just say, you have a chemical imbalance. Why do you act like that? Been there. Yeah. Like, what do you... Ugh. She was a great mom. Well, she back not, then they didn't know. They didn't nobody talked about it back then. No, like like we're talking about it now. But I've listened to hundreds of podcasts that have talked about panic, anxiety, depression, uh, addiction, etc. Um, and nowadays that's normal. Fucking just 15, 20 years ago, nobody talked about any anything, shit. Anything psychiatric was totally faux pas because yeah. there was something seriously fucked up with Completely you. Completely If you had psychiatric problems, mm-hmm. and it turns out just about. Everybody could use I think everybody a little does. bit of a pill. Yeah. I think everybody's just a little off. They just have different ways of expressing right. it. Right. And they deal with it in different ways. Yes. Some people can work those problems out. Some people can exercise those problems out. For me, exercise helps a lot. Exercise yeah. does a lot. Like if I'm really amped up, like really having like a racy type of like, you know, my brains just won't shut down. If I go to the gym, I can shut it down. Some people can eat those problems away. Yeah. That's what I tried. It didn't work so well. <laughs> well, I mean, it is certain. It is certain. I think everything has its has its way of solving it. You know, some people use drugs or alcohol. There's all kinds of things that people use to do it. Yep. And you know, I just think it's strange nobody talks about it. I really do. I find it fucked up that people won't talk about it. Not that they have. I have to give no every... problem talking about it at all. No, me because either. you know, because the more I talk about it, mm-hmm. less stigma there is. Less to stigma. It. Plus, if it's out there on the table, then what the fuck? Yeah. It's always also been my other way of dealing with things. Like, I'll just put it on the table, and if you like it, great. And if you accept me for who I am and what I'm about, awesome. If not, that's cool, too. I learned that by just trial and error. Yeah. 
no one no one told me to talk about that. Yeah. No one said, you know, mostly, you know, the prescriptions you take are pretty much your private life. Yes. And it really shouldn't be shared with yes. with other people, but if you're feeling if you're feeling a little bit off, I mean, just go say just go talk to your regular doctor. Yes. I've never been to a psychiatrist to get medicine. No. Just regular doctor, and they can yes. take care of it. I feel like a lot of people are still just a little scared. So I feel like sometimes if you just talk about it and let people know that you're not alone out there with that type of stuff, mm-hmm. like when it comes to anything like that. You're definitely not alone. I think if people hear that and understand that, maybe you just help one person. If you help one person, if one person hears this podcast and is kind of you know having a little bit of anxiety or depression or anything like that, and they just go, well, I mean, hell, these guys have been on something or are on something or do something to work it out, you know. We're going to change the name of the show to the uh, Anxiety and Depression Show because it's two episodes in a row we've talked about it. Hey, man, it's, I, I think it's interesting, though. I, I really do. I think it's the fucking weather. Yeah. That makes me want to talk about it. Which is how this all started with the shitty weather that we have here in St. Louis. What else do you want to know about me? God, what else, man? God, those were some of the things. What did you want to be when you were, when you were little? Like, when you were real little... Like, you know, some people wanted to be a cop, some people want to be a fire fireman, some people want to be a movie star. What did you want to be when you were a little kid? I always loved... The microphone? Microphones. There was a, a Radio Shack here in Glen Carbon, there was a, they always had a setup of a, of a microphone and an amp, and I was going to try and play with it when my dad would, would go in there. I'd be like three or four years old, mm-hmm. and um, I would get so upset, I'd get pissed. Yeah. Then uh, the, the first time I really ever talked on a microphone professionally, uh, the swim coach at the country club was it was a Fourth of July uh, belly flop contest, mm-hmm. and I said, "Just give me the microphone. You suck at this. He yeah. goes, you think you're better?" I'm like, "Yes, I am." Yeah. And at 13 years old, I emceed my my first my first belly flop contest. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I would uh, like to emcee the belly and flop I had, contest. It was fun. I, I fucking bet it I, was. I knew all the adults and stuff, so it was it was great. Yeah, I had a um, had a tape recorder. Kids, to, kids today don't have those. No, anymore. Mm-mm. What a great what a great fun thing that was too. Yes, that you could talk. You know, first of all, I had a ton of tapes to listen to whatever I wanted to, but then I had blank tapes, mm-hmm. or, or you can or you you can make your own blank tapes with the tape you were done with by putting tape over the holes on top and make it recordable. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so you always wanted to do something in radio. Something in radio. And then I figured out that I, I, I enjoyed writing, so I was going to be Mr. Newspaper and Mr. Radio. Okay. And then I figured out the hours sucked. And the money. And the money sucked. Yeah. That's unless a little you, unless secret. Were, unless you were really, really good. And it's funny. You know, I've talked to people my age who have been extremely successful in the radio business now. Mm-hmm. And they said... I say, and I always say, well, there's no, there's no money in radio. They, they say, well, there is right. if you're persistent. Yes. If you can stick it out long enough, I think you can do it. Yeah, if you want to make piss poor money for about ten years, well, well, I, so. I I I tell you all the time when we get off the air, we if we did this podcast for five years, we did it every week for five years. I guarantee by the end of it, there's money at the end of it. Even if you even if it sucks, if you keep doing something long enough, eventually you will find a following. Eventually, I guarantee eventually. it. It's not if. It's I wonder when. how long like Joe Rogan did his podcast before it blew the fuck up. Uh, so Joe Rogan's podcast started to blow up within the last uh, year and a half, two years, like yeah. really blow up and become big. But when you go back and look at it, he's been doing it for over fuck. It's been on Apple for six years. Has it really? So it was. It was literally on. So it was yeah, not man. an overnight success by honest, any stretch of the imagination. Fuck no. And if you go back and listen to his first couple episodes, like I have, they suck. No offense to Joe Rogan, he's 
fucking spectacular now. Yeah. But he did not know what he was doing. He just didn't know how to run a show yet. Yeah. He didn't know. And, and I'll tell you what, doing a show by yourself, as I have once done prior, it's fucking tough. So it's not like I'm taking a shot at Joe Rogan. God bless, man. That takes a lot of talent and a lot of balls. Here's what's crazy. Out there. I have all this shit everywhere. I can yeah. record a podcast here. I have I, I have a, an interface and a microphone on a boom stand at home mm-hmm. in my little stu- uh, you know my little den studio space yeah where I do all my editing and stuff. I am I've always wanted to start like a golf podcast really or just do something. I am so scared to even open up that microphone really by myself just by myself in the room. See that doesn't scare me, man. I like I it, I mean it sucks because you don't have anybody to bounce your your thoughts off of, but you have to be willing to do that. I know once I did it, I I know once I would open the mic up, I'd probably be fine. Yes, but it's just finding the courage to open up this to open up audition. Yeah, start a new file, open that mic up, and just start talking. Oh, I think you could do it, man. You know what you could do just to make it easier on yourself is if your wife would be willing to do it, or even your stepdaughter or anyone is just have someone sit there. Don't give them a microphone. Just have them sit there and look at them and talk. I mean, yeah. that's what I'm doing right now. When I'm talking, you're sitting here looking at me. And when you're talking, I'm sitting there looking at you. It's true. And essentially, you're just talking. To somebody. Yeah. You have to be willing to believe your thought, too, when you do your show by yourself. So if you have a thought, you have to own it. Because you can't, like, hope somebody else is going to bail you out. Like, if I have a shitty thought on this podcast, normally you can kind of yeah. jump to a different topic or kind of move it aside or go, yeah, that's that's fine. Good. You know, move on to something else. When it's you, there's nobody to save your ass. Nobody's going to save your bacon when it's just you. My my editing buttons. <laughs> well, that could happen, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know. I'm not live on the air. You know, like with, with Joe's, uh, I thought the thing that made Joe Rogan uh, such a good thing was he decided that he was going to be one of the first, not the only one, but one of the first people to really examine the psychology behind why people are the way they are. And if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast... Um, he, de- he, he, he will interview people that you would never think of. Like I was listening to one today where he was interviewing a guy named Johan Hari, J O H A N N last name, Hari H A R I. Who's like a novelist who's written books, um, about like depression, opioid addiction, um, um, things like that. Um, I'm not doing him enough justice, but he just did this podcast with him, I think, two or three weeks ago, but I was listening to it today, and it's just, a, it's spectacular, and it goes back and forth. He's kind of like the Jonathan Haidt guy that we've talked about yep. before, and Sam Harris, who I've talked about prior to that, where they go into, like, why people become addicted to a certain drug. Like, it's honestly not the drug. It's Well, okay, this is this guy's thought process on it, that, it, you know, after doing years of studies, it's not the drug that people are addicted to. It's the pain that they feel and how the drug can help mask it. So then they're not they're not really addicted to the drug. They're addicted to getting rid of that fucking pain that they're feeling. So then they use the drug to get rid of the pain. Deep thoughts by Alpina. <laughs> well, really, by this guy, Johan Hari. Yeah, yeah but, by Johan Hari, but, like, but yeah. That, that's what Joe Rogan does. Is Joe Rogan like will interview these crazy people. And then he'll also interview fucking uh, Travis Barker from Blink-182, the, the drummer. Right. Or Mike Tyson, like we were talking about last week. Yeah. He, so that's what Joe Rogan did that was different than everybody else that I think is very interesting. And you can listen to any of his podcasts. They're super good. Like, really good. I don't, do you listen to him at all? I don't. I think you'd love him. Most because I, I don't have a lot of windshield time. Yeah. And so it's hard. That's the difference with me. I get yeah. a ton of that, man. I drive so much. So you just kind of get used to listening to it. Yeah. I wish I did have more windshield time. I think you'd love it. I'm sure that I would. The Dax Shepard one we've talked about, the armchair yep. expert. I think you'd love that. 
Uh, there's one, it's a funny name, but it's called Inside of You, and it's done by Michael Rosenbaum, who is a, uh, an actor. He was in like a bunch of movies in the early 2000s. I think he'd like that one a lot. And believe it or not, there's what one... What was he in? Uh, sorority, sorority Chicks. He was, he was Lex Luthor in Smallville. Not familiar. Ah, uh, shit. Uh, Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, he was in a movie called Sorority Chicks or whatever. He was in a bunch of little things. He was in the movie Urban Legend. Uh, like I said, it's all early 2000 stuff. Like okay. Lauren, Lauren wasn't even sure who he was. And, uh, but he's got one called Inside of You where he just like interviews people. Uh, it was really good. There's who was, who was Katy Perry's first husband? What's that actor's name? Russell Brand. And he did Russell it, Brand has he, one. It's called Under Your Skin. Under, it's not yeah. called Inside because he had a song Inside of You in the yeah. movie with... Inside uh, of You. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, Forgetting Sarah Marshall with the great Jason Siegel. He has one, too. The other one I listened to, and you're going to fucking laugh at me, man, and it's by Dr. Phil. I'm not fucking kidding, either. It's called Phil in the Blanks. Phil, huh. Phil is in Dr. Phil. Dude, he interviews uh, Tony Romo. He interviewed Dak Shepard. He interviewed... Um, He's only interviewed a couple people so far, but it's actually kind of interesting. Steve Harvey, that was a really good one, and Shaquille O'Neal. And digging through my 2004 time machine that I found in my basement, or my where, uh, where were those uh, where were those boxes called that you buried? Time capsules. Yeah, that I opened up, found a book. I forgot what it was called, but it was by Philip M. McGraw, Ph.D. Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil before he was anybody really? famous. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't famous in 2004. And I'll be honest, the more you listen to him, like on his podcast, you actually. Like I used to think he was a fucking tool prior to listening to him, but now that you like you hear who he is, like as a guy, he's just a fucking regular guy, man. Most people are just regular dudes. No, but I mean, like he's not like yeah. preachy, like it seems like it comes across as they yeah. make a television program. Oh with yeah, him. I mean that's. He's actually much, much more um, personable. It seems like just huh. by listening to him. Those are just some of the podcasts that I listen to. Um, I think podcasts are becoming far more prevalent than people. Oh, think, they absolutely though. are. They'll be huge. I think it will be. Huge, huge. I think it's what's taken over eventually. I enjoy it. I enjoy the hell out of it. So you're excited? You're going to go down to Florida? You're going to get some golfing in? Yeah, made some tea times today. Spent uh, most of the morning on the phone making tea times just because I was, again, I was worrying about what other other people wanted to do. Yeah. And so I finally just said, guys, can I just take care of this? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. Somebody has to take it. So I just took it. And so I made, we're playing 36 holes on Friday and Saturday. Damn. Playing the PGA National Champions course where they're playing the Honda Classic this weekend. How cool. On Sunday. Expecting to shoot about 105 on that course. That's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, hell, on that course, that's awesome, man. And then uh, just playing a couple rounds of PGA and, and then another round called the Squire course. Okay. Named after Gene Sarazen okay. at PGA National on, on, on uh, Friday and Sunday. And then a couple other courses off-site. So it's, a, it's essentially just a golf trip. Pretty much. And you'll be down there. That is the Jupiter area? It's Jupiter. Jupiter area. We were going to, and, and there's a Cardinals game on Saturday afternoon, but we're not, we're not going not gonna to swing by it. Yeah. Have you ever, have you been down there before the Jupiter area? No, I've not. I'm looking really forward to it. I'm going to stay away from Robert Kraft's you know, handy job place. Yes. That's, uh, yeah. Don't, alleged, don't, alleged hand job place. Yeah, I, don't I think it's now, it's official. Yeah. Um, do not, or do not, I was just going to tell you, do not go get a hand job. But uh, the, yeah. uh, uh, I would tell you if you were going to go to a food place, I went down there for a wedding for my friends, uh, Josh and Brooke. They got married down in Jupiter. They're from the Florida area. We went to a place called Jetty's. Okay. Restaurant. Dude, the food's world class and the scenery is amazing. It's on the water. Yeah. It's where Mo, uh, John Mosellock of the Cardinals, goes to eat all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Go to Jetty's. Jetty's is great. Guanabana's is terrific. 
Um, trying to think of some of the Heard other Rocco's spots. Rocco's Tacos is good. Rocco's Tacos. Iggy was talking about him. Uh, Ken Iggy Strode from, uh, he's a producer on the morning after on Five Night of the Fan here in St. Louis. Yeah. Talking about uh, a place called the Juno Beach Seafood Grill. He said, yeah. Tim said, nobody has ever recommended this place to me, but Iggy said it was the best meal he had down there during spring training week. Fuck, got to give it a shot, don't you? At yeah. least once. I mean, Absolutely. how bad could it be? You know what I mean? Like right, even, fresh seafood on the fresh seafood right there in Florida. Even at its absolute worst, it's probably I mean, fucking at, good. at the very least they have a Fred Grouper sandwich that's which is one of my favorite yes. Florida Florida sandwiches in the world. Yes, yes, yes. Fred Grouper. Yeah, Jetties. I think you'd love Jetties. Go check if it you out can get, if you can get a couple of people to go. Yeah, I think you guys would love it. That was uh, that I we went there twice in the one week we were there. That's how good it was. We pretty much have uh, five thirty mornings every morning. Okay. Because yeah. we have tea times at 7 o'clock. Well, if you're playing 36 fucking holes. Yeah, well, yeah, we got to start early. You have to. Otherwise, you'd be playing. I've Jesus. never played 36 holes in a day. I, should, I shouldn't say that. I've done it once. And I've I was only in high done school. 27. So most I've ever done is 27. Yeah, so going back to back 36 holes is going to be. That's tough. It's going to be a lot. That's going to be tough. You're going to sleep like a baby at night. Yeah. You're going to. Don't don't start. Don't I have gotta, any. I, I think I need, to, I need to stay hydrated. Yes. I need to keep some protein around. Mm hmm. Snacks, little snacks, little snacks, just little. Because if you eat a big meal like at the turn of like after eighteen, you'll fucking you'll never make it. I think I'm gonna take a nap between eighteens. Yeah, try to get a little siesta if you can. Not gonna have a huge lunch for sure. No, that's awesome. Thirty six holes down in Florida while we're over here in the fucking gray, overcast states of Missouri and Illinois. You know what it's supposed to be down there? What gray and overcast and rainy? Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that fucking sucks, man. Those those were the long range forecasts. I hope they I hope they change. Wow, that would be real shitty, man, to leave Missouri and Illinois to escape, and then you fucking go down to Florida and it just rains and shitty. I'm just destined to be sad. Oh, dude, that sucks. Although you know, I will. I keep saying like Lauren and I were talking like this Friday we're going to see Dane Cook, but the, more importantly, this Friday is March first, which means we're getting really fucking close to summer closer and closer yeah man like when i when i see march it starts to feel like okay, yeah it's like we're through it yeah you're through it for the most part for the like, most part you're you know it. you might get a little bit of this in there and you're still gonna have some gray yeah. days but for the most part you know it's coming you know it's around the corner i start I, I i have such spring fever and i've never done this before but i went and uh i bought some soil and i bought some seeds yeah and so i'm starting an herb garden in my basement that i will train i'll transplant to an outside area Oh, good for you. That's After pretty cool. Going. So yeah, so I'm going to grow some... Uh, Have you never done that before? No. Really? Yeah, so I'm going to grow some uh, uh, some cilantro and some thyme and some uh, basil. Do you like the way cilantro tastes? I love cilantro. Okay, I'm the same way. I am a cilantro fucking freak. Yeah, I'm, I am. I didn't know that about cilantro, though. Like 50% of people taste they, it, they, and it, it tastes like soap. Yeah. And then 50% taste it, and I guess is what we taste, which yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love the flavor of it. Okay, you're like me. Like, Lauren's not a fan. Yeah. Lauren's like, it's okay. I, it doesn't taste like anything to me. And I'm like, really? I yeah. I fucking love it. Like, I love the, I'll garnish just about everything. Really? I'm the same way, man. With it. It's good. No bullshit. So. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's a cool little thing to do. Yeah, something new. Yeah. So, I always try to find something new like that. I think at a certain age, you start having a need to find something. I'm I'm very, you know, I've played golf. I've had, I've had a golf club in my hand since I was, I don't know, God. Four, five years yeah. old. So golf isn't really a new thing for me, mm-hmm. but taking it seriously as an adult, and not that I'm really taking it seriously, I'm just trying to really get better. Sure. Just trying to really, you know, 
and 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 play to my potential. Well, after forty years, you would hope to be playing better. You know what I mean? Like every year, at least a little bit better. Yeah, you it, know, it's always been pretty consistent. Yeah, with um with how I play. So like um, I've I've played for like ten years, pretty hard. Right. Um, and I, I think I've gotten a little bit better. I would like to still get a little bit better. Like, I think I need a couple lessons, like for real. Like if I'm honest with myself, I, this guy I go to is just an absolutely incredible. You know, with the, with the, the track man and the, and the scope that he puts on, you can tell what's going on. Mm-hmm. Plus he has, he has like this, he can, he can, even though you're swinging full speed, he sees your swing in slow motion. Really? Yeah. So he's picking up on something. He's picking up all kinds of stuff. So. For me, I was rolling my hands over too fast. Well, see, and that's what I do, too. So when I was coming through, swinging through, I was, you know, fucking missing it. I am just I was hitting it, but not really hitting it well. So I'd be, you know, slicing it and hooking it over here. Yeah, it's going to work. All right, so this is the top of the club, okay? Okay. So you, uh, if, you're, if you're listening at home, you're listening at home he's holding the club. I'm holding the club, club, all right. So when you take it back, I was always taught that you were supposed to point that club head towards the air. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's not the, oh, pretend. Yeah. Pretend this is the the face of the club. That's much better. Okay. So where it goes like that, mm. not anymore. Now it's like this, and then also with the hands, have that wrist cocked like that because that get, it gets a thing. It gets it back to square. Oh, okay. Yeah. It because that is the key when it comes to golf is getting the club head back to square when it's coming through on contact. And so and with, and with this move. Hmm. With that, with having that wrist cocked back like that, yeah, like, I think they call that cupped, and they call that cocked. Okay, having that thing cocked like that, it's squaring the club head at the top. So okay. that way, all you do is just swing your shoulders and your torso through the ball instead of having to fucking instead flip of your wrist over at the end or yep. whatever you to just try pull, to square you it just up. Pull down. You're already square. Yep. It's not. It's not even a pull down. Actually, there's even another move where he has. He's having me take the club out. Okay. Like that. Yeah. Before I bring it down. And is it working? Like when you come through with your follow through, are you able to see? Hell yeah! Wow, that's great. See that would that would shave at least ten strokes off my game. Went in there, hitting really crappy five iron shots, mm-hmm. about one hundred and sixty yards. So you feel it's coming through. So when you're saying you're hitting, oh yeah, yeah. you're so, hitting a bad five iron. Are you spraying it left or right, or are you no, just, you're just not... hitting the thin? Okay, you're thinning it, okay. thinning it. Okay, and and, I, and I'm thin because I'm flicking my wrist at it because I'm. Okay. Yeah. So that's why it's thin. I was hitting it one. I was hitting my seven iron and my five iron the same distance. My my good yeah, seven a iron, a good seven iron was going one was going one fifty five. Okay. A terrible five iron was going fifty, and I couldn't get it, and I couldn't couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. Yeah. He told me he gave me gave me a couple little tricks, and then he told me the trick about having leaving that club face down. I hit ten shots in a row, one hundred eighty yards with the five iron. Nice. Ten in a row. Nice. Just, See, I think just a little bit of lessons helps, man. It, it really does. Because all it is, it's just a little fucking tweak. It's like any sport, though. It's, it's just teeny, something. If, a you have the, if you have the basic, the basic knowledge. Fundamentals, yeah. Yep. You can do anything. I'm like, I, I played a lot of golf with guys who haven't played a lot of golf or who are, or who are old baseball players and have, and have the baseball player swing. Mm-hmm. Hockey it, players are the same way. Normally, hockey players and baseball players can play pretty damn good golf. But it's because they want to have their, but if they're bad, it's because they have their elbows out. The, mm. the professionals can play because they because they know to keep it all close to their body. Yeah. It's the amateur baseball players and hockey players because they have their elbows flying everywhere. Yeah. Same with golf. Fuck, I think that's what I do. I think I spray my elbows out when they always say to like tuck them in, keep them in. Everything's keep them tight. Close, keep, Everything's keep tight. Every, get a real athletic stance 
and keep that just keep those arms as close to your body as you can. Yeah. <clears throat> as a way to as a way to elevate your game to, from breaking uh, to break 100. Yeah. I would like that. I'm right that I'm that 90 to 100 guy and it drives me nuts, man. Yeah. I feel like I should be better at this point. I shoot most courses I shoot in the between 80 and 85. I go okay. up to, I go up to Normandy and I cannot break 90. It's crazy. The curse of Normandy. The curse of Normandy. I shot Alpine, I shot 93 like eight times in a row out there last summer. See, that that's what gets frustrating for me. It's like every time when I finish up playing, it's like, oh, shot the same damn thing or within one stroke of what I did the week yeah. before. It's like, I'd like to get better. I've been playing, like I said at this point, trying hard and trying to improve for 10 years. In order for me, for the for these lessons that I'm really taking, mm-hmm. that, that I'm taking for them to really take effect, I need to uh, hit 1,000 golf balls. Sure. That sounds about right. Yep. I mean, they always talk about like these basketball players, these athletes. Like, um, I, I believe it was Jason Tatum, uh, the guy who now plays for the Boston Celtics, but he went to Chaminade here in St. Yeah. Louis. Uh, he used to say that he would shoot 500 shots every morning before school would start. He would go to Chaminade, go early, like 5 a.m. in the morning, and shoot 500 basketball shots just so he could get 500 more shots in more than the next guy. Dude, can you imagine that? So, I mean, if you do the math, I mean, it's five times five. It's, yeah, it's, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm going to, I'm getting out the calculadora. I mean, what is it, 2,500 shots? Yeah, well, that's a week. Just a week. So, but let's take it to 500 times 180 school days. Mm-hmm. Let's take it, let's do it. Oh, shit. I can't do math on my thing either. It's 90,000 free throws. Yeah. So, imagine taking 90,000 shots, how much better you'd be than the next guy. And he was born with natural gifts, but even then, you have to still hone it in. You still have to be better. Michael Jordan used to do the same shit. Michael yeah. Jordan would show up and play for hours before the other practice would start. I have decided that I just need to move to Florida so mm-hmm. I can just hit balls all the time now. Is that where you would retire if you retired somewhere? Would you retire to Florida? I'm torn between Florida and Arizona. I, I think my wife would make, me move to, would make me move to the beach. Yeah. I think that's where Lauren would want to go to. Which is fine. Yeah. No beachfront property in Arizona. Fair. Well, yeah. sand. Well, I, I always try to sell her on that, that it's it's like, you know, sunshine, 350 days a year. Yeah. That's my sell on, uh, no on hur- Arizona. No, no hurricanes in no Arizona. Hurricanes? Mm-mm. No mudslides? Uh-uh. No humidity? No humidity. Dry heat? There's a lot that sells you in Arizona. My parents want to move to Arizona. I don't know if, they, if and when they will. They tried to move 10 years ago, but unfortunately my brother passed at that point, so they kind of... They kind of set up shop and stayed here yeah. in St. Louis. Uh, how long that'll stay, I'm not. I'm not quite sure, but I know they want to go to Arizona. My dad has asthma, so it helps. Oh. Dry heat, helps. yeah, that would help. Yeah, I kind of want to get an RV. Really? Yeah, you just go all over. Yeah. So we were talking about houses. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but still in this episode. Yeah, I love the ADHD festival that is St. Louis. <laughs> Happy hour <laughs> podcast. I fucking love it. I live in a house built in I live in a bungalow built in nineteen twenty four. Okay. It's a frame house. Okay. No garage. Nothing really extra about it. I yeah. just I haven't I was stupid for a real long time. Like I got a home equity loan and gambled it away. Yeah. That's that's me. If, if you want to really know who I am, yeah. That's that's those are the kind of those are the kind of decisions that I'm fucking I make. right with you, man. We're a band of misfits. <laughs> Honest to God, just fucking. Misfits. So instead of having like you know this beautiful outdoor living area, I, I have I have a gambling debt I pay off every month. Yeah. 
for the home equity loan. Oh, I've spent money on such stupid shit. Man. I mean, just a freaking idiot. Rather, so and we want to stay over here because our both of our both of our parents are over here. Mm-hmm. But if you move to a newer house in the newer subdivisions, the property taxes yearly are about they started about seven thousand dollars a year. Wow, wow, that's pretty. It's insane. That is pretty insane, man. I have my property taxes on my house. Are, Come on over to Missouri. We'll take you. We'll accept you. It's lesser. I know. I know. <coughs> but like my property taxes are only about fifteen hundred. Oh wow. Okay, so you're in my ballpark. Yeah. That's so I'm super cheap. Yeah. In my neck of the woods, and so I was worried that if I did a bunch of improvements to the house, what it would do, what it would do to the, uh, to the property tax assessment. And so several of the houses on my street, so I was actually on the Madison County Assessor's website mm-hmm. to get the, to find out what people's property taxes bill were pre and post right. renovation. Yeah. They went up like $500. Right. Like $2,200. I'm like, even that's still an easy, I said pretty much anything up to 3000 for me is an easy pill to swallow. Right. I can handle that. It's acceptable. It's acceptable. It's 250, it's 250 bucks a month. For property taxes, I pay hundred bucks now. I can definitely afford an extra hundred and fifty dollars a month sure. of property taxes. Sure, if I really especially if you improve your home. So that's one of the things that we are going back and forth with. What do we want to do with the house, or do you want to look for a new house or a different house? I don't think that. I don't think we're going to do that. Just improve it. We have just because we have just a great spot. What's the first place? What's the first thing you guys want to improve? Like kitchen, kitchen, kitchen. So when I say bungalow, one side of the house is living room. Dining room, kitchen. Okay. Other side of the house is bedroom, bathroom, bedroom with a huge hallway. A yeah. Extremely wasted space. Yeah. I found it was on houseplans.com, found a house plan that pretty much it makes the front bedroom a little bit bigger, mm. converts the bathroom and the hallway basically into a huge master suite with a huge walk-in closet. Okay. Maximizing the space. Yep. And it pushes back into the second bedroom. Mm-hmm. With, um, and then that becomes your laundry and mudroom. Yeah. And there's also another, uh, there's a powder room, just, you know, just a toilet. Yeah. On the back, right on back there by the kitchen. And then that leaves, um, what you would do with the upstairs. Now it re- would require, um, a moving, a set of, you know, moving the stairs in the house. Yeah. Which I guess is, they say is not that big of a deal to do it. I'm like, well, that sounds like a pretty big deal to me because, just depends who you have, man. What they want to charge you to do it. Yeah. So no, I mean, I, I'm going to do it all. I mean, so and that's the thing too. Where do I start? And yeah. I, I think it's a thing where I really can't do it piece by piece. Yeah. It's got to be just done in one fell swoop. Probably, especially with the amount of what you're planning on wanting to do or what you guys would like to. So do. I had a concrete to come over and I said, "What can I get?" Because I have, I mean, I have close. I paid eighty thousand dollars for the house. Okay, I owe like fifty-seven. Okay, and it's worth one hundred and fifty. Yeah, so I have almost a hundred thousand dollars in equity in the house, which is fantastic. Which I could borrow against. Mm-hmm. So I make mean, it literally put. So I had my con- you know, working in this business here. Went to lots of contractors. So I had a couple. Had a guy come over and I said. What can I do with a hundred grand? Right. What are your house? options? He goes, 
you could do whatever you wanted to do with this house. Oh, I would assume for so. For that amount of money yeah. in the area, yeah. and what it's worth, yeah, you could probably do really good. Yeah. You do really good. Yeah. You essentially do whatever you want. Whatever I wanted. And if you like the land in the area you're in, I do. fuck, why not? I, lo- I mean, no one can build between us because of just of how my lot is. Right. Um, are you in a neighborhood? No, just on a street. That's how we are. That's how we are. Just on a street. That's nice. It is nice. Yeah. I no like one, it, No man. one comes up there. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, it's like completely on the opposite side of where everything else is. Mm-hmm. On the, and it's, up, it's up a huge hill. It's the part that sucks. You know, three, yeah. Usually just three times a year I have to go out there and shovel. Yeah. But I just don't have the driveway. But this, the, like I said, the village takes care of the streets. I mean, it's one of the first streets that gets, that, that gets done. That's nice. One of the things that sucks for us living on just a street or a street would be uh, with E. We only have like a, all the people around us are all older. Yeah. So we don't have any kids for her to play with. Now, I'm not concerned about it now, but, you know, down the road, there's it'll be a, a, of a concern. There's a park right behind my house. Yeah. Huge park. Yeah. There's always kids down there. Um, so you guys are thinking about doing that? We might doing that. And then you like the idea of an RV going across country. Yeah. I kind of don't load, have a problem with that. I kind of like that. Loading up the puppies. Yeah. <laughs> load up in the old Byerly. Yeah. Byerly. <laughs> oh, but, the, the El Presidente or whatever ro- it's called. Ro- Rosadante. 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 <laughs> what kind of dogs you got? I have a uh, have three of them. You have three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Winston is a miniature Australian Shepherd and a pug mixed together. Holy shit. Okay. Okay. He's the asshole of the group. And he weighs about Thir- 20 to 30 pounds. Okay. Okay. Have the pug face or the Australian Shepherd face? He has the Australian Shepherd face. Oh, but shit. But it's just a smaller version of it. Okay. Yeah. Sounds cute, actually. He's very cute. Yeah. Winston. Uh-huh. And then Waldo is a lab mix. Okay. Black lab, brown lab, yellow lab. Yellow lab. Yellow lab. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, Buzz is a pit bull. Yeah. Okay. Uh, brown black. or... Black. Nice. Biggest goofball in the world. Who's the youngest? Buzz. Buzz. Uh-huh. Rambunctious, God, yeah, just a nut. Yeah, he's a nut. I got two dogs, or Lauren and I have two dogs. Yeah. We have uh, Luca, who is a girl, believe it or not. Uh, everybody always goes, Luca's a boy's name. I go, well, I heard it on The Sopranos. I like that. That's what I named her. Uh, Luca is a black lab pit bull mix, and she is a fucking handful. She's about ninety five pounds, and yeah. she has the lab face but the pit bull body. Yeah, so she's like literally all muscle, dude. Like just a monstrous muscle. Um, sweetest dog in the world, but will, honest to God, scare the shit out of the mailman anytime he comes to drop oh, yeah. anything off at the door, which I love because whenever I'm not home, just knowing that she's there with Lauren and Ensley makes me feel yeah. a little bit better. Right. And then I have, um, then we have Rocky, uh, who is a lab terrier mix. He's about 40 pounds, maybe soaking wet. Uh, and he is a skittish. <laughs> you know, jumping around, bouncing around, dog. Um, and but he's a sweetheart. He is an absolute sweetheart, just like Luca, man. Just yeah, fucking Buzz, love you. Buzz loves to love. Is what I say. Have you had dogs your whole life? Pretty much. We've had dogs my entire life. I've never not had a dog in my life. Yeah, I I didn't have. Um, I'm a cat guy too. I love cats. Yeah. Lauren's deathly allergic, so we can't have them. But my parents have them. Yeah, I had had dogs as a kid, and I, I didn't have a dog in my apartment. Eric had a dog, though, my brother. Mm-hmm. And then um, then I had a girlfriend who lived with me for a while that had a dog. Okay. So, I, so but these three are, they're my own. 
So. Well, I'm still just trying to jump right into your life. Uh, you said you had a brother, Eric. Yes. Only brother? Uh-huh. Only only sibling? Uh huh. So Andy and Eric. Yeah. Who's older? I am two and a half years. Two and a half years older. What does uh What does Eric do? Eric works in the same kind of business. Actually, um, he works for a company that does um, commercial um, sound installation, sound insulation, and um, blinds. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Cool. I can't think of what it's called. Yeah. That's all it's right. It's over in Fenton. Okay. It's over in my neck of the woods. Yeah. It's only probably about 10 minutes from me. Yeah. 10 minutes from me. Yeah. I think it's like Goldtrumman and Sable or something. Now, did you guys get along well when you were kids growing up? No, we up? fought like banshees. Really? Yeah. What was it? Were you just different? No. Just fucking just, just, just boys? Just honorary boys. Yeah. And then uh, we got an apartment together. And we, we, and we got together and we talked before we got the apartment together. And I said, look, we can't fight. Yeah. We, have, we have to stop. We can't live together and fight anymore. We're, we're grown mass men. Yeah. So let's, he goes, that's fine. And we never never fought again. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's how uh, my brother and I always, we were, we were lucky. My, Mike and I, my brother's name was Michael, is Michael. Uh, we got along always, though. But yeah. when we had shit, when we had little bullshit like all brothers do. Yeah. Uh, we were, Eric and I were always were always friends. But the greatest part about being a guy is exactly what you just fucking said. It'd be like, all right, let's cut this shit out. Yeah. And then you just kind of cut it out. Let's be men. It's over. Can it's I, over. Can I ask what happened to your brother? Or did you want to talk about No, it's it's fine. Uh, Michael, um, he he had a heart valve situation we were unaware of. And he just oh, passed really? away when he was 21 in his sleep. Oh, no shit. Yeah, on my couch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Just a heart defect from birth? Yeah. To this day, it was still the, the worst My single. God. I mean, I'm not afraid to talk about it now because it's been, it'll be 10 years this September. Um, but to this day, and will forever be the worst thing that's ever happened to my family and I. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, he was, he was the fucking coolest man, too. Yeah. Michael, like, there isn't, like, enough time in a day or a podcast long enough that I could talk about all the great things that, that my brother was, is, continues to be, like, just by the way that he influences me and the way that he made my family you know, whole as a family. Was he older than you? No, he was younger. He was your younger Two brother. and a half years younger. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was I, I was just on the other side or just about to turn 24. Okay. Yeah, man. He was just the fucking shit, man. Mike is and was the shit, man. Still people now. I mean, people that dated Mike before he passed away, they still see me and they just, they fucking loved him. Mike was awesome. Mike yeah. was like uh, the ultimate guy's guy too. Oh, really? Without being a prick. Right, nice. so he was like if Frank Sinatra was a likable guy. That's yeah. Mike. You know, he had the toughness and he was a good-looking cat, and people liked him, and he was smart, and good, good person, man. He's a good guy. He'd do anything for you too. That's yeah. what was always lovable about him. I can't even imagine. Yeah, can't even like imagine. I said, absolute worst thing that's ever happened yeah. to my family, and and I don't have a problem talking about it because I honestly hope that you know down the road this podcast gets listened to by my kids. And I hope they hear it. And I hope they, you know, sometimes they can hear about their uncle that they never got to meet. No, that's one thing I always wanted to do. And so I have a couple of older relatives uh, that are still around. One, uh, one is my grandfather. Mm-hmm. My, he's my last grandfather. Uh, my, or my last grandparent. Um, I want to get him in here. Yeah. And put a microphone in front of his face. I think it'd be great. And I also want to. Uh, so, and, and I, I think you'd I, really appreciate doing that. I really do. I wish I would have done it um, while she was here. Uh, but my, my grand, my, my grand, my mother's father, mm-hmm. her aunt, or sorry, his, his sister, her aunt, um, lives in the Hamptons. Okay. 
She has like this, not like, I wouldn't say a shack, but but compared to her neighbors, right? Who Still are the, who, are, who are the ranks? Yeah. Who are the ranks of like Jerry Seinfeld? Sure. Yeah, money. Yeah, huge, huge, huge money. She so she still lives there, and then she also spends time in Brooklyn with her son. So this is a 90, 94 year old woman. Mm-hmm. And last Thanksgiving, she came to town. She rode the train from New York to Chicago. Spent three days in Chicago by herself, and then took the train down here to St. Louis. Yeah, to spend time. And she was like, "Yeah, I went to the art museum and did all you know, did all this other stuff." And yeah, total one of the coolest women I've ever met in my life. Yeah, and um, she flew home from here. But I mean, do you know any ninety four ninety four year no. woman who would no. hop across the country on a train? No, my grandma's pretty cool like that. She'll yeah. do a lot of that shit, man. She'll she, she tries to. My dad's like, you got to stop right. at a certain point, you know. So uh, yeah, so my aunt wings. Yeah, people who are, who are old like that, they had cool nicknames. Like my grandma, yeah. especially from the East Coast. Like her nick, her real name is Viola. Her name is Viola White, but she goes by she's been wings. Forever, yeah. Uh, my grandfather was Chibs or Chibby, yeah. And his name was Charles. Okay. And like, um, you ever see the? I can't. It's with um, Matt Damon, he starts the CIA. Um, Informant. Nope, I can't think of what it's called. But um, what's her name? The Good Matt, Shepherd. The Good Shepherd. That's I don't know correct. Why that just popped in my head? Angelina Jolie. Angelina, and she's Clover. Yeah. Yeah, there's like cool nicknames like that. Yeah, no, I yeah, I honestly think like um, what I've always wanted to do in terms of like podcasting outside of having a show like this one is I've always wanted to interview anyone. Bring them in. Yeah, line them up. Well, I think honestly, I think that's kind of an idea we could have with the show as well. Is just kind of like you know like how Chris came in last week. It doesn't have to be like a necessarily an interview of that person, but it's sometimes fun just to not have anything to talk about and just talk. You know, like, I could, you know, you know, I could get in here in a, in a heartbeat. It's Doctor Ed Hightower. Really? Absolutely. That'd be great. He'd be awesome. Yeah, I think it would be awesome. I'd, He's so I, cool. Because just hearing other people's thoughts on things is normally pretty fucking interesting to me. Yeah. I love it. Like, even when we just talk about shit, I just like to know what your thoughts are on things. I know. Because I love I, it too. I might be off base on something, or I might learn something from somebody else. Can't Way hurt. too much ADHD. I think we have to find some kind of focus, or maybe we don't. I don't know. Maybe I don't maybe, know. Maybe people like works. our ADHD. I think it kind of works. I think it kind of works. Let us know part. what you think. Send us an email. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at emo six. We never talk about that stuff. No. You can find uh, what's uh, your what's your Twitter handle? Oh God, I don't even do. do you, I never use. Your best to just hit me up on Facebook. Yeah, John a, Sandner S A N D N E R. And I'm Andy Hanselman, A-N-D-Y-H-A-N-S-E-L-M-A-N. You can follow me on Twitter, at Emo6. I do that a lot. And I'm on uh, the Instagrams, which is my favorite. There you go. A Hanselman 77. 77 was the year I was born, in case you guys were wondering. Ah. I used to throw out that Pierre Turgeon was my favorite player. Oh, Pierre Turgeon. Pierre Turgeon. Yeah. St. Louis Blues. Um, I do want to wrap up the show by a quick question. Were you ever a big listener to the large morning show in the afternoon, Frank Opinion? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't until he came to 590, and then I started listening to him now. So I've been listening to him for, what, about a year, a little over a year, two years? Frank Opinion has been on the air in St. Louis for for 30-plus years, Yeah, since the mid-'80s. He was on a station called KUSA back in the day. Then he was was on the Classic Rock Station, 93.7 KSD, and then was on KTRS radio. Here in St. Louis for I think twenty plus years. Now yeah. he's over here at Final Eight Fans. So uh but one of his longtime co hosts was a guy named Terry Daly. Okay. 
Terry Daly, and so it, and unfortunately, Terry Daly has stage four colon cancer. Oh, wow. Not a good situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody of our listening audience is really old enough to remember him because he, he's, been, he's been gone off Frank's show, God, John, since the mid-2000s. Okay. So, I mean, 10, 15-year range yeah. that he's been gone. Funniest guy ever heard on the radio. Yeah. Unbelievable. Really? Great, yeah. Just bounced well off of Frank? Bounced well off Frank, yeah. And so, and, and so since Frank found this out... Um, Frank was telling stories about him, and then had and then had Terry on his show yesterday. Mm. So if you want to look up the yeah, uh, go back and look the, at that. If you look up a large, if you try to, the podcast, I think it's called the Frank Opinion Podcast. Yeah, which is not the name of the show. It's actually called the Large Warning Show in the afternoon. Right. Uh, so go back to hour three, or I'm sorry, hour one on February 26, twenty eighteen. Okay. And listen to Terry Daly. I'd and, love that. And so two friends just bullshitting after not seeing each other for pretty a while, much. Or at least they, not like being on the air for a so, while. They had a huge falling out, and the part of the problem was, is that Terry drank too much. He was an alcoholic. Yeah, and he was, and, and, and they talked about it just on the thing I was listening to. And the reason that that he was let go from KTRS Radio that that Terry was, is because there was an Aussies rest, a restaurant mm-hmm. right across the hall, right across the uh, the One Shot Mall. Yeah, is what they call it Westport. there, Westport Plaza. Yeah, and between. They had about fifteen minutes between the between the four o'clock hour news and when the show actually started back up, mm-hmm. and he would go over there and have a beer. Well, one of the, one of the station executives finally saw him doing this, and fired him on the spot for drinking on for drinking. Yeah, you can't do during that. working just hours. for people that know that you can't be live on the air drinking. He wasn't on the air; he was drinking and then going back. Right, but you're not supposed Most, to be drunk. Yeah, he's supposed to be drunk on the air either. Yeah, which yeah, I mean, I don't know how you I prove for, it unless you I don't know figure how you, it out. Yeah. Anyway, but they caught him red-handed and they fired him immediately. Yeah, and and Frank couldn't really do anything about it, and they had a huge falling out. And I, I don't know if they didn't speak for years. I haven't finished listening to the hour sure of what he was on yet. And again, people could find that on the what Frank Opinion yeah, podcast. Yeah, Frank is what Opinion. It, there's like there's like an unofficial podcast. Like some guy records it. Oh, okay. And post it. Um, or on 590thefan.com, I think you can find the podcast there as well. Yeah. Um. So if you are a fan of that program and a fan of Terry Daly, I recommend. Checking that out, I always like hearing from you know hearing about yeah. old radio personalities Absolutely. and people that I liked. You know, guys, you know, guys like I grew up with was uh, Radio Rich Dalton, who's uh-huh. no, no longer on the air here in St. Yeah. Louis. Remember, he was on KSD again. The classic rock. Uh, I was I, when everybody was listening to Pearl Jam and Nirvana, and I, I knew about that stuff, but I was big into the old stuff. I was yeah. big into classic rock, so I was always listening to that station. And uh, Rich on ninety three seven KSD. Would uh, every night at ten o'clock he would read about ten pages of Lonesome Dove, the book, and that was his way to, you know, that was his big bright idea, and it, I guess it worked because he read several other books. Yeah. So you never know what will work. You never know what will resonate. With no, people. you never know. You never do. Like the you know the things that I people listen like to now. People like being read to though. Yeah, I mean, well, look how popular Audible well, is. Right. Audible books are I mean, huge, and, and and books on tape aren't anything new. No, but they are now. Dude, I mean, like the podcast that I listen to now, I would have never thought fucking five years ago I would have listened to them. Then now I now I can't not listen to them. So I mean, you never know what will resonate with people. That's why I figured when we do this show, we just come in and we just do it for a little behind the scenes footage. Annie and I don't talk about what we're going to talk about. We just kind of go zero. It's literally come in, say hi, catch up for a second, and then turn it and go. And we we play this stuff right here. We just you know, you just, when you hear this, 
This is when we know the it's Saint go time. Louis Podcast yeah. Network. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's how you go. And then you just start and you just hope that it works. You hope that something comes about. And in, you know, some episodes are better than others, obviously, but I think for the most part, we're putting out a product that people hopefully yeah, at least enjoy. I think so. I enjoy doing it. That's, that's what thing, I care about. That's the thing, too. I love doing it, too. Like, you know. So programming note, next week's show, we'll be, uh, we'll be taping a couple days uh, prior. I think we're going to record on Monday, so the show yeah. will drop. Actually, uh, this one will drop on Friday. Like it usually does. The next one will probably drop it on Wednesday morning. Oh, cool. So I'll get it ready Tuesday night. So, uh, you know, I got to, of course, you know, right before you go out of town. Yeah. You got a bunch of shit to do, even though it's just for four days. So you still got a bunch of crap you got to take care of. So, yeah. That'd be uh, great. So I'm going to, so I'll have all that stuff ready to go. So you'll have an early episode next week. Uh, please tell your friends about us yeah. and, uh, subscribe and share, share the, uh, share the, uh, the Facebook links. Yeah. With your friends and like them. Mm hmm. Gives us great feedback on what's we going have, on. Uh, we have, it doesn't sound like much, but you know, for a little tiny fledgling podcast just trying to get their feet wet, we have eight ratings on uh, iTunes. Yeah, I saw that. Thank you very much for all yeah. those. So for everybody who does that, thank you very much. Yep. Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Stitcher, subscribe on Google Play Music, and subscribe on Spotify. You can subscribe everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's no limit to where you, to where you can subscribe um, just so you can find us. Uh, this has been, I think, believe, episode seven. Episode seven. Of the uh, STL Happy Hour podcast. For Alpina, I'm Andy Hanselman. Thank you so much for listening to the STL Happy Hour podcast on the St. Louis Podcast Network.